The stage is dark, but the conversation is just beginning. Welcome to the Utah Symphony's Ghost Light Podcast, a behind-the-curtain look into the world of classical music and the artists who make it. I'm your host, Jeff Counts, and I am joined today by Mike Pape, member of the Utah Symphony Percussion Section since 2015. Welcome, Mike. Hello. Nice to be here. Great to have you. So, you're a new member of the symphony, and whenever people talk about new members, they think about the audition process, which can be quite a mystery sure, to people sure. on the outside. So it's sometimes hard for people outside of the profession to understand. Can you demystify it for us? How does it work? Sure. Well, what first happens is that the orchestra will put out an advertisement, a national advertisement, uh, you know, for the position. And uh, you'll, you'll send your resume and uh, um, the orchestra will, will receive probably, you know, hundreds of resumes, two or 300 resumes easy. That many? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so, so the audition committee um, from the orchestra will screen those resumes based on um, years of experience or just different levels where you st- where you studied different schools or something like that. Um, and they'll basically get it down to maybe the best 60 to 100 players in the country. And they'll all come here to play a live audition. They will um, prepare a, a list of, of excerpts. Um, the the com- audition committee puts together a list. And for percussion, uh, there was about, for, for my um, my audition specifically, there was about 40 to 60 different excerpts on the list and I played 10 different instruments. Wow. Um, so, so like I said, 60 to a hundred players will come and you'll play, you'll, you'll come and you'll play three rounds. And, and to me, it's like, you know, it's similar to the Olympics where you practice <laughs> for a long period of time. You practice for months or practice for years and you go out and you have maybe five minutes to perform at the highest level. You get one shot basically. Yeah, one shot. Yeah. yeah. So um, well, then I have to say on behalf of everyone that's listening, congratulations on your gold medal. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, you know, there are there are no points. Uh, you you don't get a, a, a silver or bronze medal. Yeah, it's and, win or lose, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You win or go home. So is this process the same? I'm sure you've auditioned other places. I mean, how how does it how does our process relate to other? Groups. Yeah, well, the uh, the Utah Symphony audition process is um, they they they've really tried to make it the most fair audition as possible, and so that what that means is that the audition is blind mm-hmm. all the way until a winner is chosen. Is that common? That anonymity um, around the country? Yeah, it's it's common. Um, although there's different variations on that. Sometimes the um, the screen will come down in the final round, sure. or, or the screen will come down in the semifinal round. But this way. Um, to have the blind audition all the way until the winner is chosen, you you don't know anything about the about the performer except how they played, and 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 that's that's the only thing you should be judged on at the audition. I've heard that sometimes they lay out carpets on the way to the audition site, so you can't tell what kind of shoes the that's auditioner true. is wearing. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So so if there's a if there's a woman auditioning and she has some heels on, you won't know because you you're, yeah. you're on the carpet. So, so. very very fair. Um, yeah. I, you know, this is this is a life you're making. This is not just uh, this sure. is not just a hobby. This is your full time position, and I know that your wife is also a member of the Utah Symphony. She is, She's also yeah. a tenured member. I know that many of your colleagues around the country, though, aren't so lucky. They've, sure. they've got spouses working in other orchestras, sometimes in very far away places. What do they tell you? About how challenging that is. Well, it's it's very difficult to be uh, to be married to another musician, um, and I feel very fortunate that I uh, that that um, you know 
that I'm able to go to work with my wife every day. I yeah, mean, that's, that's very, that's, very that's rare. A great, that's a great thing. Yeah. Um, I think the Utah Symphony is unique. I think there's nine to ten different couples in the orchestra. I forget the, the last count. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but there there are a surprising number of, of couples compared to other orchestras. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, some, some couples, they meet when they get in the orchestra and other couples were, they, you know, they were couples before coming to the orchestra. And that's what Karen and I were, um, where we met when we were, you know, subbing in Pittsburgh Symphony. And uh, it's just, it's just so incredibly difficult for two people, you know, for a couple to, to win an audition in the same orchestra. I mean, you think about the audition process I just described and yeah. like just, just being successful at that. To, for you know, that lightning to strike twice in yeah. one family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's incredibly difficult and I'm so you know, enormously grateful to be one of those lucky few. I'm sure that a, that a trumpet player in Cleveland married to a clarinetist in San Diego has yeah. to, they have, they do a lot of travel. That, yeah, that yeah, couple. They, they do. They they certainly do. And actually, yeah. when when Karen and I were were dating, you know, she was playing in Pittsburgh, and I was playing in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and yeah. we, you know, we traveled back and forth, and you know, we were we were on the highway all the time, you know, going yeah. back and forth to see each other, and it's yeah. it's it's a tough I tough bet. life. We have um we have tenure in this business, a lot like professors and colleges. How long does that take, and is it is it is the waiting process pretty excruciating? Well, tenure here it's a it's a year long process, and there are meetings periodically where you get feedback on your performance. Right. Um, so like uh, you know, I, I honestly wasn't too nervous about getting tenure because I had very positive feedback along mm-hmm. the way um, mm-hmm. throughout the year. But um, you know, they say the the audition process is is about the playing, and the tenure process is more about your personality. What kind of colleague you're going to be? Yeah, yeah. And so I mean, I'm lucky that I play in such a great section, and our section gets along together and you know just really love working with them so you're not waiting around for a year in complete silence you're getting right, feedback right during yeah the year. yeah and if you know and you, you get your due process that if there's something that somebody doesn't like they'll let you know and give you an opportunity to correct that yeah and um but you know fortunately for me you know we just kind of clicked right away and uh and, and it worked out well congrats on that too i you know I want to talk a little bit about your job itself specifically. Sure, sure. You know this age-old joke. It's the, it's the, it's the notion of the orchestral percussionist waiting forty-five to fifty minutes in complete uh. stillness to hit a triangle <laughs> one time, yeah. and then they're done for the <laughs> evening. I mean, what's the job really like? What talk about what it's like to be an orchestral percussionist? Well, I think that's there's a rare instance when you can wait around that long to to play for a note. But you so know, it does happen. It, it, it has happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, when when it happens, you know, I have the best seat in the house. I get to listen to my colleagues and and uh, you know absolutely so um yeah i mean i think what 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 i do with my job is a lot of time i I spend preparing and i I like to think about sounds you know percussion is all about different sounds and um so i like to really really think about the sounds and what i do when i'm preparing for 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 you know for a week of work is that i will listen to several different recordings and i'll listen to different orchestras different conductors you know from different eras just to get different sounds in my head what did people do you know in the 60s what did people do in you know in cleveland under mazel or in philly under Muti? Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. um so just to just to get those different sounds should it be a short short or a long sound is it bright or dark or what type of attack is it a sharp attack or a warm attack or kind of the you know what sustain how long to sustain when to when to start muffling um so those 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 type of things really you know um 
really get me get me prepared for 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 the pieces and i think that's one of the things i love about playing percussion because each time i play a piece i can have a completely different sound in my mind um you know than the last time i played it so it's it's you know even though i you know you play the same music every couple of years um it's it's a completely different experience from the last time you played it so. and do you sometimes play different parts from performance to performance i don't mean on a weekend but like say we you know we we do a prokofiev symphony in 2005 sure. you play one set of parts sure, sure. if it comes back in 2010 do you do a different set of parts how yeah. does that work the assignments? yeah i mean uh, the the assignments are done by keith carrick who's our principal percussionist mm -hmm. and and he he sort of divvies out the parts and you know it just kind of depends you know it's maybe it depends on um you know what i what i played the, the week before and right. and you know keith likes to try to get us to um to kind of rotate around the section you know so we're not always stuck playing you know I, i'm the snare drum guy i'm the the, the symbols guy sure um you know and so we'll, we'll rotate around and and you know it keeps your skills fresh there's never a dull moment i'm know? sure so i mean if you had to guess how many instruments does someone in your world have to be proficient in? I mean, what's is there a number that you have in your head? Uh, I mean, proficient at. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, uh, from the uh, from the audition, there was pro there was about ten different instruments, uh -huh. and you know, you have to be equally as good as at all those instruments. From you know, and you know, from the snare drum and the mallets all the way down to to bass drum and triangle. Um, you know, you you have to be be just as good at all of them. Right. Right. Um, so, um, but then, I mean, beyond that, there's, you know, thousands of different other percussion instruments and a lot of them are just like sound effects. And, you know, I mean, you don't, it doesn't take too much, uh, you know, to, to, to figure out how to play them, but, you know, you have to figure out how to play them in time and play them and, you know, experiment with, with, uh, with the sound and make sure you get a good sound. And so... Do you, um, I've, no, I've noticed during Pops programs with a lot of heavy percussion mm -hmm. where you guys have pretty much everything you own oh, out yeah. on stage. And it seems like there's a lot of moving, a lot of physical oh, moving yeah. that has to be choreographed. Sure. I mean, do you group think that or is that programmed by just one person? Yeah, or? I think Keith definitely puts a lot of time into, um, you know, into that, uh, in, puts a lot of thought into that. Yeah. And you, you, there's definitely some choreography involved. And a lot of times, I think for pop shows, um, you'll, you'll tend to just, to just put one player on, you know, one player is the cymbal player for that show. One player is the, is, sure. is the, uh, mallet player for that show. And that, 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 um, takes out some of the shuffling. You Everybody know. has their station. Yeah. You, you kind of yeah. set up, you come, come in, set up your station. That's kind yeah. of where you sit. But, yeah. you know, certainly, I mean, you know, uh, even beyond pop stuff, you know, you'll, you'll be moving around just a lot. Just, you have to make sure you don't, you're not, getting in anybody's way or tripping on anybody or it's an athletic job <laughs> yeah, i guess so <laughs> so i read that you won an international snare drum competition in paris i did yeah first of all is that a thing it, it is a thing okay yeah, sure. talk about that well i was in it was when i was in uh i was in college mm -hmm. and i think i was a senior in college it was in 2004 and uh you know i was i was looking for you know for uh for a competition or an audition or something like sure. that, and, and I came across this uh, this snare drum competition in Paris, and it was I want to say it was like one of the first um, one of the first snare drum competitions um, their their first annual over in Paris, and um, so I said hey I'm gonna go for it, and it was the same kind of thing as as an audition they gave you a list of um, there, I think there was about 15 different pieces to play and you go over there and you play three different rounds and there's there was a, a jury and and. You know, it's same thing. You get it gets whittled down all the way to the end, and and uh, yeah, and I, I won the competition, and it was it was a really crazy experience. So not unlike an audition, really. No, yeah, almost exactly like an yeah, audition. Yeah, very similar. Yeah, yeah. We have one question that we ask 
all of our guests on the Ghost Light Podcast. Okay. And it's a little off the beaten path, but since the title of the show is what it is, I'm curious... Have you ever seen a ghost? Any paranormal experience in your life? <laughs> I haven't personally seen a ghost, um, but you know the Capitol Theater where we play, mm. it, it is haunted. Yes, I've um, heard that too. Uh, you know, I've heard several stories of where security guards are, are hearing piano music, but there's no one around. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny Hodges, who's one of our substitute percussionists, sure. he um, he tells a great story um, because he plays a lot of Broadway shows over there, and he tells a story of it was before performance started, and everybody's in their seats, but the lights on the stage wouldn't come on, like the shit. The show couldn't couldn't start, so one of the stagehands came out on stage, called out to the ghost, and said, "Turn these lights on!" And boom, they came on. Best story on the Ghost Light <laughs> Podcast so far. Mike Pape, thank you so much for being our guest yeah, today. You're quite welcome. Thank you so much. This weekend, September 23 and 24, the Utah Symphony performs the greatest soul hits from Marvin Gaye, Ray Charles, and the Temptations with Soul Unlimited. Tickets and information are available at utahsymphony.org. The Ghost Light Podcast is produced by Chad Call. Utah Symphony Utah Opera's season sponsor is the George S. and Dolores Dore Eccles Foundation.